what I want to talk about today is good and bad foods and how categorizing certain types of foods into one or two of these brackets can have a neg negative impact on sustainability and how you go long term. So the, the idea of good and bad foods, there's there's no real such thing as a good and bad food. So no, no food's going to stab you in the back and no food's going to pull you from burn a building. The, some foods are more nutritionally dense than others. The, um, there's nutritionally dense, which is lots of nutrients in a food, and then calorie dense, which is the opposite, which is lots of calories, but a, a lack, and lacking in nutrients. So if you think maybe like a, a takeaway might be a calorie dense food, whereas vegetables, fruit, um, oats, things like that might be a nutrient dense food, so it's, it's rich in nutrients. So that would be the, the way I would ca categorize foods rather than saying something's good and bad. So initially, I think why it it's can have a negative impact is because especially if you're working towards a goal and you have what you perceive to be something bad, it's almost like you've you've done something bad, you, you know, you, you attach that guilt to it straight away and that can kind of throw you off where you feel like the wheels have come off the track a little bit, whereas that, that shouldn't be the case really. Especially if, I've heard this, I've heard this a little bit recently where people have said that they've had bad foods but still remained within the calories, so attaching you know certain types of foods and, and attaching that, that bad label on it. So we'll address that one really. So if your goal is weight loss, fat loss, it's gonna be it's gonna come around to calories in, calories out. So your body is just is storing body fat. So if you if you're not putting excess calories in, then it doesn't need to store anything. So if you're out within your calories, then you won't no matter if all you've eaten is Mars bars or all you've eaten is Chinese, if you're within your calories, you won't gain excess body weight. So that's just the long and short of it. So the, the idea of certain types of foods, nutrient-dense foods or calorie-dense foods are going to affect whether you gain or you lose weight is not necessarily the case. We'll talk about um, macronutrients now then. So the three main macronutrients are carbohydrates, fats and protein. Carbohydrates are your primary energy source. There's there's complex carbohydrates and simple carbohydrates. So those are the two types of carbohydrates. Both none are one isn't good and one isn't, isn't bad. The simple carbohydrates are sugar, which will have benefits at certain times. So like post workout, potentially early in the morning as well, first thing in the morning when your glycogen stores are low. So even post workout, having something that's simple sugar which some people might call bad, is actually optimal. So if, if you were an athlete and you were just finished an event, having Haribo or something that's simple sugar would not be considered bad. It would be considered smart because that's what your body needs at that time. Uh, fats then on the other hand, so your body needs fats. You've got essential fatty acids. You've got essential fatty acids and essential amino acids, which are proteins. There's no essential carbohydrates so they're just they're just the body's primary energy source but the body needs fats and proteins so you've got essential amino acids and essential fatty acids so these will all have a, a role in the body structure and the makeup of the body obviously we know protein is used to is the, like the building blocks of the muscle cells and it's important for us around training and stuff as we as we break down our proteins as our body is constantly in a process of breaking down and building up. We want the pro 
processes of building up to exceed the breakdown and that's how you, you build muscle and sustain muscle over time. So consuming enough protein is going to be an important role for us, especially like anybody in training really. If you're not feeding the body enough proteins then the breakdown will exceed the build up so you will over time degrade your muscle proteins, you'll lose muscle over time. Um, so the calories within each one, so in a, in a one gram of carbohydrates and one gram of protein there's four calories. So if you, let's just, we'll use a protein bar for example, so if you go into the shop and you see a protein bar and it has 250 calories and there's 20 grams of protein in that, well you know that one gram of protein has four calories, so there's 80 grams of protein, so it's about then maybe looking at what else is in that, but that, that's, so there's only 80 calories of it is protein and it's claiming to be a protein bar, it's actually probably something else, you know, it's it's not a primary a protein bar. If something, if there was a supplement, a protein supplement that maybe had 100 calories and 20 grams of protein, then yeah, that's a true protein supplement really, it's a primary protein source. Also when it comes to, or so, sorry, fats as well, so fats has 9 calories per gram. So if, you're, if you had a diet that was very high in fat, it's likely to be very high in calories. That's not to say fats are bad, but just to be wary of if you are structuring your diet around grams rather than around calories, then for every one gram of fat, there's more than double the calories that's in a gram of carbohydrates and a gram of protein. The th there, there's a thing called the thermic effect of food as well, which is how many calories the body will use to actually break down that nutrient. So protein has got the highest thermic effect of food. So roughly, roughly maybe 20 to 30 percent of the calories that's consumed with it or that's contained within protein will get broken down during the body's process of breaking it down because it's a, it's a much harder molecule for the body to break down. Therefore, it requires more energy to break down. Carbohydrates then, roughly around 5 percent, 10 percent. And then fats is very, very low, maybe not the 3%. So it doesn't require much energy to break down fats within the body. So naturally you can see how a high protein diet would, if you were in, especially if you're in a deficit, you're trying to get in a deficit, having a diet very high in protein, the, the, those calories that you're consuming will get eaten into as, you, as, you, as you're breaking the protein down. So it's gonna be beneficial really. So not only are you gonna be in your deficit, say you eat 2,500, you burn 3,000 calories. Well, you're, you're imagining that you're in a 500 deficit, but actually if your diet's very high in protein, your 2,500 will then probably become maybe 2,300. So you're getting extra calories in a deficit. That's also one to be aware of if you're in a surplus and you're trying to build muscle. If you feel like you're, you hit a little bit of a plateau, even though you think calories is right, it could be a case of your thermic effect of food is very high, so maybe you have to up your calories to match that. So where you fe felt like you were maybe in a bit of a surplus, maybe with the thermic effect of food has took you to a maintenance level. So just maybe upping it then on that side. Micronutrients then. So macronutrients are called macro because the body needs them in large quantities. They are what provides the energy. So those calories, that's that comes from the macronutrients. So if you think of those as the fuel, so if it was a car, those are the fuel. Your micronutrients then are sort of like everything else really, you know, your spark plugs, all the electrics within the car, those are what makes it go. So just B vitamins alone are what metabolizes 
fats, carbohydrates, proteins. So without, if you were deficient in, say, all across the board in the B vitamins, then your body wouldn't successfully metabolize and break down carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, and then take the energy from them. So you would be, you can see how important it is to not be deficient in certain micronutrients. So the, the other ones like fight infections and you know and nerves. So your electrical impulses are controlled as well by micronutrients. So those, if you're efficient, if you're getting enough micronutrients, then your body will be efficient at a lot of processes. So you can see then the difference from having a diet that is very calorie dense, which isn't getting lots of nutrients in, in terms of energy, in terms of you know everything, fatigue, fighting infections, as opposed to a diet that's very rich in nutrients where you're you're getting everything the body needs. You're giving your body plenty of carbohydrates, fats, proteins, high diet and protein, and you're getting lots of micronutrients as well, which is going to affect lots of other processes within the body, as opposed to maybe a diet that is you know, rich in calories, high in calories, so say KFC, you're eating lots and lots of takeaways, lots of chocolate, things like that. So in terms purely of losing weight, we'll go losing weight first, or it'll be the same the opposite way in gaining weight. So if your goal is 100% to lose weight, you don't care, You'll, you, all you want to do is eat KFC and ice cream. It's, as long as you're in a calorie deficit, you will lose weight because the, the energy that you're burning or the energy that you're consuming is is less than the energy that you're burning so you've created a deficit so that deficit that energy de de deficiency needs to come from somewhere so the body will tap into its stored fat stores to burn those calories it doesn't matter what type of food so the good and bad suggestion doesn't really come into effect in that sense if that is purely what the goal is losing weight or gaining weight moving the scale is moving up or down if you want to feel good, have lots of energy, like look good, like sustain your muscle mass, maybe build more muscle, and have, like I said, lots of energy, have a strong immune system, strong teeth, healthy bones, all that type of stuff, then it's, it's important to be, you know, have a diet that's rich in nutrients. So, I think we've kind of spoke a little bit there about good foods and bad foods. So there is no such thing as a good food and a bad food. Also, that I didn't touch on too much was just the, the, the whole concept of how that can throw you off your diet. I spoke about it a slight bit earlier, but having this opinion that you know, you've broken your diet or that you've cheated or you know, and those negative connotations towards yourself just from having a, a food that's maybe calorie dense and not nutrient dense. Whenever you, whenever you pull it back and you think, about you know there is no good foods bad foods if we were just to pull that back to if you if you're speaking to yourself and you're saying oh i've just had an, a calorie dense food rather than saying i've had a bad food you can see straight away how you know how silly that would be to just completely go off the rails because you've, you've just had a food that's you know it's, it's not very high in nutrients so what you would do is you would just get back on the wagon and have something more nutritious for the rest of the day so it's getting that idea of good foods, bad foods out of your out of your mindset, out of your vocabulary. Because there is no good foods and bad foods.